And welcome to the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour. Lines are open already. 416-870-6400-STAR-640 on sell help at employmenthour.com through email. We'll get to the severance pay calculator. A reminder, if you don't catch the show every Wednesday and Monday night, the weekend shows as well. We have the Employment Hour in 30 Saturdays, 10 a.m. on Global TV, so you'll catch us there uh, as well. Lior, we always start the uh, the shows with the week that was. How was it, my brother? Well, Johnny, thank you very much, and, and really uh, great to be back here and you know, all pumped and ready to go and t- to talk about employment law and workplace rights and uh, hopefully get some calls and answer some questions, help some people. That's what we're here to do. If you haven't heard of the Employment Hour before, well, you, you're you're in for a treat. Hopefully, we're going to inform and educate about workplace rights throughout the hour. So take advantage of the fact that John and I are here ready and, and willing to answer your questions about your, work, your uh, workplace problems, your workplace rights. Give us a call. Let's chat. Let's uh, not uh, let's not make any assumptions about our workplace mm-hmm. rights. No need. I'll help you right now. And to get us started with the week that was, let me tell you about a couple of situations that I saw. The first situation, John, involved a gentleman who, where at his workplace he had, I think it was five sick days. He was allowed five sick days. That's very common. Many of our listeners are going to you know, have two, three, ten, whatever sick days at work. He used those days off uh, up when he was uh, sick um, earlier this year. Uh, now, unfortunately, though, uh, some months after he used his last sick day, he was sick again. He had to miss another day of work. When he came back, the company was not very happy, and they said, well, wait a second, use another sick day. You don't, there's no more sick days. Don't let that happen again. He thought that was a bit strange because he was sick, but it is what it is. Well, a, a few weeks after that, he had to miss another day. Uh, and at that point, they said, well, we told you you can't do that anymore. If you do it again, we're going to let you go. Well, sure enough, recently, John, he was sick another day, and when he came back from work, they let him go, and they said, we have cause to let you go. You only had five sick days. You took eight days off, so because of that, we have to let you go for cause, and and we're not going to pay you any severance, and that's when he called me, obviously, very upset, and here's what I told him. I said, sick days are irrelevant, uh, how many sick days you have. The number of sick days an employer gives you only suggest how many days they're willing to pay you while you're off. It has nothing to do with how long you actually can be off work. So your employer may say, we're only going to pay you for five days if you're sick. But whether you you may need six days, 10 days, 50 days, that's fine. You can take those off as long as the doctor says you can't work. They can't penalize you for that. They can't uh, let you go. They can't punish you in any way, shape, or form. So the number of sick days you have has nothing to do with how long you have to, or you, you're allowed to be off. So remember that if you're listening right now, if you're sick, you can take time off work, whether it's paid or unpaid, depends on the company's sick day policies, but you should not ever be penalized because you're sick. And that could be also human rights issues. If that happens to you, like it happened to this gentleman, give me a call and I'll help you. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. John, early call. How are you, John? Oh, hey. Hey, Bill. me talking to? Yes, sir. What's going uh, on with you? Uh, not much. Uh, I hope everything's well with you guys as well. Uh, the question I have for Lior is uh, it's with regards to my mom. Unfortunately, she suffered a stroke a couple years back ago, and we got her a support worker who's live-in 24-7. Caregiver, I guess, is... Uh, what you could call her, yes. and uh, with the minimum wage going up, I'm just wondering, um, I thought I read someplace that we could actually, don't mean to sound cruel, but we could charge back like for room and board and food and stuff. Is that correct? 
Yes. Uh, so y y you can uh, charge. Uh, uh, you, you don't have to meet the same minimum requirement for uh, for minimum wage for a living caregiver. So a living caregiver can make less. And, and off the top of my head, I, I believe it's it's around eleven dollars or so an hour with the, with the new changes. But I, I need to confirm that. But the new, as you know, the new changes with the minimum wage come January one is fourteen dollars an hour for minimum wage. That doesn't apply to living caregivers because you're oh. providing them something by the fact that they live there. Oh, right? so I didn't know this. Okay. So it's, that's part of the compensation. So if if you want to give me a shout off, uh, I, I'll look at ACP exactly. I just don't want to give you the number. It's around eleven dollars that you have to pay. Yeah, so no, yes, that's, that, that's very true. We're well over that. Like it's just under what the new minimum wage is going to be, like by a couple of cents. So, um, but I'm more concerned about when it goes to $15 an hour sure. uh, the year after. Uh, I guess I, when I speak to you, can I also inquire about maybe um, an employer-employee type of contract? Absolutely. You really want to have that. Now, here's a problem you may have. I just want to tell you that. So let's say you're paying her $15 an hour, just as an example. Mm -hmm. And you realize, oh, wait a second, I only have to pay her 11 so you may say, okay, good, uh, I'm going to reduce your pay to $11 an hour. The problem with that is that reduction could be considered a constructive dismissal. You're changing the terms of employment. Even though you're paying her more than you had to, you did, and now if you want to take it back, then that could be a constructive dismissal. So you have to be very careful about that. So I want to talk to you off air. We can, let's talk about how to do that legally. It would involve having a proper employment agreement put in place. But it's not as simple as saying, hey, starting today, I'm paying you 11 bucks an hour. You do that, you have the risk of potentially facing a constructive dismissal legal action. John, here's that number, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Get a hold of Lior and the firm is the number you want to use. Phone lines are open to call us here tonight, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Just getting warmed up, the Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour, Talk Radio, AM 640. The Wednesday night edition of the Employment Hour is underway. Phone lines are open. It's also help at employmenthour.com. And if you haven't catched a show yet on Global TV, Saturday mornings at 10 a.m., Employment Hour and 30. Get more there. And you can see our pretty faces as well, Lior. That's probably uh, an advantage for everybody who's yeah, listening. Yeah, I don't know if that's uh, a good thing to advertise, John. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about this. Uh, forced resignation situations where an employee is given no choice but to resign. We'll, uh, we'll go through some of these and you can expand on them. Um, first, what is a real resignation and how does one get severance if he resigns? Can they? Well, John, the thing is we're talking about forced resignations, and that term actually is, is an oxymoron. There's no such thing as a forced resignation by definition. If a resignation is forced, it's actually not a resignation. Right. A resignation is something that someone does on their own voluntarily and unilaterally. So what I mean by that is if you've decided, I don't want to work here anymore, uh, I, I can work here, but I don't want to for whatever reason, doesn't matter if it's you, you want to find another job, you want to retire, you want to spend time with the family. If you've made that decision and you leave, that's fine. That's a resignation. That means also you're not going to be owed severance because you've made that decision unilaterally. On the other hand, John, if someone makes that decision for you, okay, if, if someone says you, you have to resign, we're going to make you resign. Well, wait a second. If someone tells you you have to resign, then it's not a resignation. You haven't actually made the decision yourself. Someone is telling you you have to. That's exactly the same as them letting you go. If your employer says you have to resign or else, 
Well, no, that's not a resignation if you resign in that situation. That's a termination like any other, and you would be owed full severance in that situation. So whenever we're talking about a forced resignation, really a forced resignation equals a termination. And I want that all our listeners to understand that because over the years, I've dealt with many cases where, where people felt they had no choice but to resign, were told they had no choice but to resign, resigned because the company said, we're going to let you go. Otherwise, in all those situations, John, if you resign, guess what? That is a termination. You get full severance. So what does one do if the employee is told resign or else? Because I know that's happened, right? Yeah. And if the employee is told resign or else, well, first of all, if you resign as a result, you get severance. Ideally, what I would want to have happen if you were to do that is send an email or, or when you, with your resignation letter saying I'm resigning because you told me I had no choice. That confirms what happened. Or if even better, if the company says resign or else, then you say, I'll take the or else. That's right. <laughs> It's as simple as that. I mean, what's going to happen? Well, the company's probably going to let you go. Well, you were going to leave anyway, so you're not going to stay there. So in that situation, it just makes it easier to get severance. So there's really no situation where you should be concerned about that or or, or pick the resignation. The or else is always going to be better. I mean, what can the employer do to you? It can't beat you with a stick or anything like that. Worst thing the company is going to do is let you go. And if you were going to resign anyway... May as well make it much easier to get severance. If you're in that situation, always take the or else. We're going to take a, a short break, and we've got lots more to go with this. Your emails as well, help at employmenthour.com. And the phone lines are wide open. You can take your calls, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Also, Employment Hour and 30, Saturday mornings on Global TV at 10 a.m. If you haven't caught that, you'll catch it this weekend as well. You have lots of time to call through and talk to Lior, ask your questions, get them answered. We'll get to the severance pay calculator here in just a couple minutes. First, so I want to get to uh, Joanne. Hey, Joanne, good evening. Good evening. Um, the question is, uh, well, I don't know how simple it is. Um, if you uh, negate an amount for a labor uh, board on a level of um, uh, reprisal, are you, you're familiar with reprisals, right? Yeah, so I don't know what you mean by negate an amount. It isn't isn't an actual hearing. But if you refuse a certain amount that was offered to you, um, uh, is that totally negated when you go to the next level, which is the hearing? In other words, could you lose lose all or nothing sort of thing when you go to the hearing? So, okay, an amount from who? Who who offered an amount? Uh, The labor board. The labor board doesn't offer amounts. Did the labor board order something? Uh, I'm oh, not sure sorry. what you mean. No, they were the mediators. Sorry. I see. So during mediation, there was a, an offer made, exactly. and uh, so and that was rejected. So right. what what happens at mediation stays at mediations. What I mean by that, if if an, if there's no deal at mediation, then the parties continue, and, and that offer is becomes irrelevant. It doesn't exist anymore. So. Uh, if you go to a hearing, you know, if you win, you get what the board orders. If you lose, then you don't get anything. So whatever the offer made at mediation uh, uh, at the labor board is not really something that that, uh, you still have on the table, if if you know what I mean. Well, then what's the point of the hearing? The hearing is not the court hearing, I'm assuming. There was no mention of court. There was mention of um, a hearing would be next. Yeah, a hearing is the court date. The, the labor board is not a court, but it's a, it's an adjudicative body, and it decides who wins and who loses. 
So that's the point of that. We will decide who wins and loses. Oh, that was not mentioned. That was not clearly uh, ex explained. Right. So, so, so then the next question is, um, obviously, I would assume you would need counsel in that in that respect. That was also not mentioned. Um, it, it would be a very good idea, yes. Okay, so then the second question is, so then therefore, um, could one sign uh, the re a release towards the money that was offered, even though it was refused before a hearing date? Before the uh, next only only if the company puts the money back on the table. So if they want to put the, the offer on the table, you can accept it. If they don't put it back on the table, then you can't accept it. Uh, so if you want to talk more specifically about your situation and what you're owed, uh, it seems like you, ha you have some confusions there. So mm -hmm. I, I would suggest to you that it's very important that you don't proceed with this matter before getting some advice. So it, it could be uh, you know mistakes you'll be making. I don't want that to happen. So give me a call off air. Let's talk about that. and Let's make sure that, that uh, all your questions are answered. Joanne, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number to get a hold of Lior's firm. We'll get to uh, Lorraine here before we break. Hi, Lorraine. Hey. What's up? I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. I'm on on air. Yes, you are. Go ahead. Oh, I would have talking privately. Mm, it's a talk show. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Mine is a lot. It's a very long story. Uh, yeah, make it short. I, I'm sure we can uh, machete our way through it before you have to hang up. Give us the gist. Okay, um, yeah. I was told I, I got sick uh, on my job. Mm -hmm. I've been working on the night shift for quite a while, almost 10 years, and suddenly I got sick. I was required to wear steel toe shoes, but suddenly I can't wear it, and I was told that I can't work there no more because I can't wear the steel toe shoe. Is they allowed to do that? Uh, so these are safety shoes? Yes, these are safety shoes, but they were giving me... Um, what do you call it? Light work to do? Yes. And um, I don't know. They just said, no, we can't do it no more. We we got to take you off. Okay, I understand the situation. So a company, if you have a medical condition, a limitation, a disability, a company has to accommodate you. And, and that may mean put you on light duties, maybe even permanently if that's what it takes. Now, if they were accommodating you, all of a sudden they decide we can't any accommodate you anymore, that's going to be very difficult for them to justify. So it's quite possible that they simply kind of are fed up uh, with accommodating you, but they still have the obligation to do so. So if they tell you, well, no, you can't, you can't come back to work unless you do your old job, and if you're not able to do your old job, that could be considered a termination. That could also be considered a human rights violation. So you, you may have significant entitlements here, Lorraine. So uh, oh. in light of that, you're probably right. This is probably something that we need to discuss a bit more in depth off air. So John here is going to give you the number, but I'd like to, you to give me a call off air so we can talk privately because you may have some significant entitlements uh, in this situation. Lorraine, here you go. 1-855-821-5900. 1-855-821-5900 to call the Oris firm. Uh, when the show is done and moving forward, you can use at help at employmenthour.com as well. We'll take a short break here, get to more about forced resignations, a severance pay calculator, and more of your phone calls as well. Lines are open, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. It is 733 on your Wednesday evening, Monday nights as well. Weekend shows and employment hour and 30 happens on Global TV, 10 a.m. on Saturday. Check that out if you haven't checked it out already. Get back to the phones here, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. And I uh, got John on the line. Hey, John, good evening. 
Yeah, I recently went for a job interview where I was asked uh, my age, and I was also asked uh, about health issues. Wow. And yeah. uh, I uh, didn't I didn't know about the health issues, but uh, asking me my age, I'm 50, um, I didn't think was right. You're absolutely correct. It's not right. In fact, I'll go beyond that and say it's actually a human rights violation, just even the asking of the question. Uh, the reason why it's, uh, it's uh, a human rights violation, it's because it's completely irrelevant. An employer is not allowed to factor age into, uh, into the job unless the person's age is as a uh, occupational requirement, unless you have to be a certain age to do the job. But other than that, an employer is not allowed to factor age into its decision-making, which means the employer is not allowed to ask any questions about it. The same thing also potentially with respect to, to a medical condition. I mean, it's one thing once you have the job, they need to know if there's something they, they, need, they should be aware of in terms of uh, your ability to do it, but not this part of an interview. So, yeah, this is a human rights violation. Not, not, that's the easy part. The, the more difficult part is... What do we do about it? I mean, you can file a human rights complaint against the company. They're going to presumably deny that they've asked that question uh, or those questions. Uh, but that is an option that's available to you. Uh, I, I, I think that you know employers should be aware and, and be weary of doing that. But you're right, John. This is illegal what they've done. Okay. I, uh, what's your opinion? Is it worth pursuing or is it just not... Um, or is it not worth pursuing if I do or don't get the job? I just don't. I just don't know because I'm finding that if you're looking for a job at uh, at this age, it's extremely difficult. Because as soon as you walk in, you know you're at a disadvantage. Well, obviously, if you if you got the job, then it would be a, a moot point in terms of pursuing it. Right. Uh, yeah. But if you did not get the job, yeah. I mean, I I did a case. Uh, a couple of years ago, actually, for a lawyer, believe it or not, who was uh, uh, applying for a job uh, as a as a legal writer, and they asked him about his age, and they ultimately didn't hire him. And yeah, we, we filed a human rights complaint. It was clear that they didn't hire him because of the age, and we able able to actually take it to a hearing and and and, and win it. Uh, I, something we can think about. If you're if you're upset at that and you don't get the job, let's talk off air. It may make sense to pursue this. There may be a settlement there, a financial settlement. Uh, it is legal, sorry, completely illegal to ask those questions. Anything to do with with your age, anything to do with you know, disability, uh, or to ask even even to ask questions about you know whether or not you have childcare obligations. They may think, well, we want to make sure that you're at work every day. Even that's illegal. So yeah, let's talk about it off air if you don't get the job. Thank you for your time. John, appreciate that. Here's that number, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900 to get a hold of the firm or help at employmenthour.com. I uh, keep mentioning, so we'll get to it, severancepaycalculator.com, brother. Well, John, severancepaycalculator.com, is, as our regular listeners know, is a tool that I created that helps and allows everyone to find out how much severance they're owed if they lost their job. It's, it's free, it's anonymous, it's simple to use. Severancepaycalculator.com is the address you go to. And, you know, let's let, do a little experiment. Maybe if you're listening to us right now, put a number in your head in terms of what you think your severance would be if you happen to lose your job. Just, you know, jot it down on a piece of paper. And, go, and then go to severancepaycalculator.com, input your information, you're answering three simple questions, and then see how much severance you're actually owed. And then see if that number you're actually owed is higher than what you estimated. 
I bet you anything, it's not just higher. It's probably several times more. Yeah. And because that's that's the way it is. A lot of people assume that they're owed a lot less than what the law says they should have. So check it out. And if you've lost your job, you're holding that severance letter, you make it the first place you go to, severancepaycalculator.com. And, of course, don't forget to tell others about it as well. And I know some people are listening to that going, yeah, I, know, I already know Lior. It's a week or two weeks per year. That's what they're saying to themselves <laughs> right now, right? Well, John, if it was that simple, I, I wouldn't have wasted my time creating the severance calculator. It's <laughs> right. not like that. It's not a week per year, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. I can keep going. No. There, it's, it's based on the three factors, age, position, and length of employment. You may find yourself being owed six months per year. You might find yourself owed uh, two months, three weeks. Mm-hmm. It really is based on those factors. And you could be owed as much as two years severance if you lost your job, depending on how long you've worked there, etc. So don't make any assumptions. Don't assume you know. Try it out. It's free. So what's the downside? It's anonymous. Right. You don't have to input your name. Severancepaycalculator.com. Back in your phone calls after a short break, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Again, it is help at employmenthour.com through email as well. We'll have a look at AM640 chopper traffic at 739 on your Wednesday evening. For uh, There you are, the employment lawyer, Lior Samfiru. It is 743. Employment Hour continues on Wednesday. If you haven't catched the TV show, it is Employment Hour in 30. We take a 30-minute chop of this show and give it right to you on Saturday at 10 a.m. on Global. Check it out if you haven't so far. Back to the phones right away. Ronnie, how are you? Good evening. Hey, guys. How are you? Good, pal. What's up? Yeah, uh, since I'm calling belong my wife, uh, she worked in company for 10 months, and recently she had to go to the surgery. Uh, it's supposed to be on December 6th, and last week they call her and they say, oh, you know, we are cl- uh, slow down, so we don't need you anymore. They just terminate her uh, through the phone so hmm. what the legal action should she take now ronnie what did they offer anything by way of severance any weeks pay or anything like that nothing nothing at all at all was she part of a union no okay well it, it's actually quite simple uh first of all uh they owe her severance and there's no world there's no situation where they can let her go uh, without paying her. And in fact, after 10 months, let me give you an assessment on what she'd be owed. What kind of a job? What was she doing? She was an assembler in a plastic company. Okay, good. And, and how old is your wife, Ronnie? It's a 42. Okay, good. You knew, you knew the answer. That, that's always a good, uh, good thing. She won't give you a hard time after. Yeah. So someone in, in her situation would be owed two to three months pay. Okay, so that's what I would assess her. About three months pay is, is, is the right number for her. So they owe her that much. Now, if in fact they let her go because she was going to go have a medical procedure uh, in, in a few weeks, that potentially is a human rights issue as well. It may mean that what they did is, is completely illegal, even apart from the severance issue. So because yeah. of that, uh, it's really important that, that uh, you have her call me or you call me off air so we can talk more specifically and I can help her. She's probably at a minimum of three months pay and potentially more because of the whole medical condition issue. So, so Ronnie, this is an important call that you made, and, and I really want to connect with you or your wife off air. Okay, uh, but the problem is we don't have any paper that approves that she's they terminate on her or something. Only the paycheck that she's getting from them. 
Well, I mean, listen, either they've terminated or they didn't. Either she's going to work or she's not. Uh, so uh, th- that shouldn't be an issue. I mean, she can come into work tomorrow and see what, what they do. You know what I mean? It, it's not That's not going to be a problem. Uh, have, her, have her send them an email. I mean, it's just, it, there's many ways we can get around that. It's obviously not a company that knows what they're doing because they would never have done it that way. But she's owed what she's owed, Ronnie. So we, we really got to pursue this. Ronnie, here you go. one 821 5900 Do not hesitate to call tomorrow. one 821 5900 Get a hold of yours firm. And uh, go on from there. John, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? Good, sir. What's happening? Okay. So um, my wife's just uh, finishing up her mat, right? And her employer asked me to go in. Uh, and she did that at courtesy, right, just to go see what's going on. And she was told that her replacement um, came and she'll be going into a new position, right? Now, she's already anxious, uh, you know, obsessed out about going back to work like this. She's been home with the baby for the year. Mm-hmm. And she's worried that they're going to try to get rid of her if she won't work out in this new position, right? Now, we did our research, and we know that technically they can't do that. And um, sure enough, she asked her boss about it, and he used the word restructuring and all this. But she, the boss clearly stated that the position um, is just being dispersed. The responsibilities are still there, but she's not going to be doing her old post. So, John, when is she supposed to come back from mat leave? Uh, you know, in a week. Okay, and and formally, they they are expecting her to come back. Yeah, so they offered her a, a new position. Pretty much, okay, right? and, she, and the new position, how is it different, or is it different in terms of compensation? I uh, know it's the same. Same. It's it's the same compensation, and. It's true that the position has been dispersed, that there's not one person that's doing her job? Well, what she was told is that the person who took the position will be doing her job plus a little more. I see. Well, then, then here's here's how this works, John. They have to give her her job back, If especially if the job is there. It doesn't matter if they made some changes to it. They can't say, well, we gave the job to uh, uh, Barbara, so Barbara's going to do the job. Uh, that's a violation uh, of the Employment Standards Act, potentially a violation of the Human Rights Code as well. She has a right to her job. If they don't give her her job back, if they try to give her a different job, then that that's something they're not allowed to do. That's a human rights violation, and that could potentially also be a constructive dismissal. So ultimately, here's where she's at. She can decide what she wants to do. She can decide to accept this new job, and if that's what she wants, fine. Or she could uh, potentially we can get her out of there with compensation. There's no way to physically stop the company from doing what it's doing. It's just about getting her out of there if she's upset by it, if she doesn't want to work in this other job, there's recourse. So either she accepts it if she's okay with it and she continues working in that new role, or uh, we get her out of there, we, get, we, we pursue the matter and get her some severance. How long was she there for, John? Uh, we'll say between 8 and 12 years. She's been there a while. So, yeah, so she could be owed potentially a year's pay or something in, in that range. So there's a lot there that she could be owed. So because of that, I think it would be a very good idea, especially if she, she's not happy with this new role, if it's not something that she wants, that she give me a call, let me talk to her, and let's figure out exactly how to best pursue this. Okay. 
Okay. All right, John, appreciate that. The number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. You can email as well, help at employmenthour.com. We'll take one more break here before we uh, get back into the show right up till 8 o'clock tonight. If you haven't caught us on our TV show, Employment Hour in 30, Saturdays, 10 a.m. on Global TV. You can catch that as well. More Employment Hour coming right up. Talk Radio, AM 640. Right back to the phone calls as they've uh, been waiting. Maria, good evening. Thanks for hanging in through the break. Maria, what's going on with you? Well, I used to work for a company for almost 30 years, and from day one, I endured horrendous harassment, and I felt numerous grievances, but nothing happened. So I learned early on that I needed to shut up and, and grin and bear it. Then I got hurt at work, and I did modified work, and it, the harassment even got worse. I was even threatened by the, the store manager, and um, um, I resigned from the company because I couldn't handle the work, and I got a, a little bit of a settlement in lieu of filing a harassment grievance against the company. Now I find out the company has been slandering my name, and I'm unable to find employment because the employer is telling potential employers that I was fired, which I wasn't, and giving me a bad reference, and the um, union refuses to assist me. And, I, and actually today I received a threatening letter from the union. And it's ridiculous because I've been unemployed for nearly 10 years and I'm about to be homeless. And it's not fair that I can't hire a lawyer because the union is siding with the company. Well, actually, Maria, if, if they're uh, bad-mouthing you to prospective right. employers now, mm-hmm. in, in what we call defamation, right. then for that you are able to hire a lawyer. Absolutely you oh, are. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, because this is something that they've done to you uh, that's apart from the employment relationship. It has nothing to do with you being an employee of theirs. Oh. It's, it's a separate situation, so you absolutely can hire a lawyer. Okay, you, good. So, so for that, yeah, if you'd like to talk to me, we, we've dealt with many defamation good. cases over the years. So happy to chat with you, we, but you are able to hire a lawyer, Maria, sure. Maria, that number, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 Write that down. Keep it. Call Lior and the firm and uh, and get on top of this for sure. We'll get to uh, Alexis and Barry. Hi, Alexis. Hey there. Thanks for What's having going- this show. Much appreciated. Go ahead. Thank you. You're, uh, you're welcome. What's going on with you? <laughs> um, I'm, I've been a retail store manager for about seven years now. Um, last year, due to my father's illness, I wasn't um, uh, present during the Christmas season. And last year, they implemented um, so three weeks in the holiday season. They are making us work uh, 52 hours in total, and our normal work week um, that is required is 44 hours. Um, I have several kind of other managers that want to know if that if that's legal, if they can do that. So excellent question. So if the employer wants you to work more than 48 hours a week, more than 48, then they have to have a, a, your written agreement and and they have to get the approval of the Ministry of Labor. So they need to have a written agreement and the approval of the Ministry of Labor. They can't simply decide you're going to work 52 hours. Okay, so if, if they decide that, that that's that's illegal, uh, and for that you may well be able to contact the Ministry of Labor and and, and file a complaint with them. They can't unilaterally make you work those hours uh, and consent and the approval of the Ministry of Labor. Wonderful. Okay, very good. I just uh, just wasn't sure what I should do um, because I am scheduled next uh, this story this week for a total of fifty-two hours. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, what you one of the things you may want to do, by the way, if you were to go on the Ministry of Labor, uh, Labor website, there's a section there 
about hours of work. And, and there's a section there that talks about the maximum hours of work being 48 hours. Maybe just print that off and give it to them. Maybe once they realize that it's illegal, they'll back off. Maybe they think they're allowed to do it. So potentially you just showing that to them uh, will make them do the right thing. So hopefully that can resolve it. Yeah, as a U.S.-based company, and because I wasn't there last season, I I wasn't given any paperwork to sign um, in terms of this. So very good. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Alexis. Appreciate your call. Moving forward, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Lior and the rest of the firm. It is help at employmenthour.com. We'll wrap this sucker up with a uh, quick email here from Christina Rodin. Uh, Rodin says, uh, my employer has relocated our office two hours drive away. I was told that I can get a ride with a colleague so that I wouldn't have to drive if I don't want to. Do I have to accept the move? No, uh, she uh. does not have to accept the move. Even if the company is going to help her by having someone else drive, it's still another two hours that she has to spend uh, not being with her family or doing what she wants. So that means that's a significant change to the terms of employment. So if your employer is going to make such a big change, right now you're spending that much more time commuting to work, whether you're driving or someone else is driving you, that could be a constructive dismissal. You don't have to accept it. So your choices are you can decide to do this and get to work whatever time it takes, or you can say, no, I'm going to leave with severance. That often happens when a company relocates. The employees may have the option to treat that as a constructive dismissal. If, Christina, that's what something you want to do, give me a call. Let's talk about that, and let's pursue it. Can she kind of do a hack? Can she take it out for a spin first and see how it works maybe for a couple of weeks and then say no? If she yeah, like- take it out for a spin. That, that you know, interesting uh, analogy. Yeah, right. Yes, absolutely she could do that. She can see how that works, how it impacts the rest of her life, so to speak, if, if that's something that, that's even manageable for her. Yeah, I would probably not do it for more than two, three, maybe four weeks tops. Right. Uh, and after that, if you do it any longer than that, you're considered to have accepted it. And once you've accepted, you're stuck. So try it out. And if it's not working, you know what to do. Appreciate that email, Christine, and all of your emails and phone calls as well tonight. one 821 5900 to get a hold of Lior. If you haven't tried it, severancepaycalculator.com to find out what your severance offer really should be. And, uh, of course, help at employmenthour.com if you want to send an email as well. If you haven't caught the show Monday night, we do it Mondays, Wednesdays, the weekend show, and Employment Hour in 30 is now on TV, Saturday, 10 a.m. on Global TV. You'll catch us doing it there. Till next time, the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM 640.